0: Nationally ranked academics and a 94% job placement rate are hallmarks of an Ohio Northern University education. Polar Preview Day is November 9th. Visit onu.edu for details.
1: Listen to Kingdom Authority with your host, Dancia J. Morris, on Kingdom Empower Incorporated. We're here to educate, motivate, and elevate your mind, body, and spirit. If you have questions or comments, or just want to talk to your host, you can call in at 646-668-2413, or listen in online at LandMinistries.com. And now, here's your host, Dancia J. Morris.
2: All right, good evening, good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining the Kingdom Authority broadcast, KAB. I am so excited to be here. I am your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. Just call me Dancia. Listen, y'all, we have an exciting, exciting broadcast for you tonight. I hope you understand that we are bringing topics to help each and every one of us grow in the body of Christ in our daily walk. And we just want to be real. We just want to be um, relatable. And we want you to be able to operate in your territory with kingdom authority. That's what this is all about. And since we live in a real world, we got to deal with real issues. And so tonight we're talking about infertility again. You guys keep asking for it. And, yes, we have some men who are going to join in with us tonight. And I'll tell you one thing. My co-host Candace and I are both super excited about this, and we appreciate the opportunity to be able to have this brief discussion on tonight. I want you to know that it is a blessing to have each and every one of you come on with us and to share with us. I'm excited because a lot of y'all are already getting on, and you told me you are going to come on. And so we're going to get jump right into it tonight. I want you to know this is a blessed day to be able to talk about the things that are that are in our um, journey in life, and I want you to join, listen intently, listen openly as we dive into this, and tonight, Brother Noah Paul is coming with Man Up, so we're going to get right into this so we can hear what is being said. Father, we thank you. We do bless you and praise you. You are our God and beside you there really isn't any other, and so we acknowledge who you are. We thank you, God, that you've given us wisdom. You've given us knowledge and understanding, and, Father, we're just coming together just to just to be able to get an understanding, Father, of some things. We want to be able to be open, Lord, to learning, and we also want to be open to healing, Father, and so for those many people that are out there that are have been hurt going through this process, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will just continue to bless them, to keep them, and to know no matter what, this life journey can be used for great things. some of us through this journey, and we're still, you know, just trying to navigate through it, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will just begin to speak to others, Father, to help them go through this, this wonderful life of ups and downs and hills and valleys and highs and lows, and that is all our journey, and it's for you. And so we give you praise, God. I thank you for this time, this process, Lord, and be able to connect me with some great people to be able to understand my journey, Father, where it's through um, my sister that I've been able to understand my journey, and I bless you for that healing process. Father, I just lift up um, each and every person on here tonight, um, Leon, Candace, and Noah, Father, and myself, and that we would come together and bring some sometimes hard issues to the table. (laughs) <laughs> and but we do it for your glory because you are God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, guys, we're going to get right into it. And the first person I'm going to bring on is my co-host, um, co-host Candice And let me tell you all something. It is because of her that I've been able to really journey through this and get an understanding from my point of view because um, we have different experiences, but yet in the field she can identify with me that I can identify with her, and I'm so glad. So, Candice, are you on? Good afternoon, good evening, my sister. I am on. I appreciate it. So, Candice, I'm bringing you on first in the order that I told you. But I'm bringing you on first because I want you to kind of set the stage of what we have talked about for those who haven't joined us on on the first and second episodes of talking about infertility. And just kind of take a couple of minutes to set the stage however you want to, whether it is your experience or what you brought to the table, just a little bit to help people understand the woman's side, and then we're going to jump right into the man's side, and I'll introduce the other two. Thank you, Dan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, The first installment of Infertility Does Not Define Me basically gave a synopsis of the journey I've gone through for 12 years in trying to conceive a child with my husband. It went from starting to not having children all the way to getting pregnant four times, having one ectopic and having three miscarriages, all the way to the current past three years not being able to conceive at all. So this was a journey that I thought I should share amongst people who are suffering. I was telling Danzia, uh, earlier today, we, ladies and gentlemen, do not have to suffer alone. This is a subject that has been kind of hushed between generations for years and years, and it's time to open up so we can have a broader discussion, so we can start introducing ways to help each other, ways to get uh, familiar with our bodies, ways to um, tap into different types of resources with medication and food and healthy living. Um the second installment of infertility does not define me. Went into basically having a dis- open a discussion of, you know, the pol- politically incorrect conversations that we are having amongst each other and how we are not supposed to mention certain things to upset the person who's trying to conceive or the or the person who can't conceive. So we went into that discussion of things that should not be said amongst uh, friends and family when they are trying to have a baby. That was a great open discussion as well because I I got a lot of response from people saying, I hope I never said this to you or I I didn't realize I was saying those things and I'm sorry. So that brought a lot of attention and awareness to individuals who did not realize that was hurtful. This third installment I am so excited about when Danzia and I talked about this a month Ago, when we started the first series, we prayed for a man to step up and talk about this journey. This is also something that is unheard of because men don't. Men are more private than women. We, you know, we as women, we talk amongst girlfriends and we talk to our mothers and our sisters and our grandmothers about problems. But men kind of hold it all in and keep it to themselves. They don't even talk about it in the barbershop. We talk about it in the beauty shop, but they don't talk about it in the barbershop. So I'm very excited about this discussion and to have our guest speaker Noah to come on and give his story because it will enlighten me as well being from a woman from the woman's perspective to actually hear from the man's perspective and I just hope everyone can enjoy the series and have and be full of questions and it just hoping open our hearts and our minds a little bit more about this subject. I love it and thank you so much Candace it's such a blessing and I'm just so everyone can hear that and hear this, and everyone can hear it um, uh, forever and more as long as you're able to access this through the Internet. I'm going to tell you right now, you have been a tremendous blessing in my life, and I thank God that I was able to meet you. Um, I thank God that he allowed our paths to cross because you have been such an inspiration for me. And the joy, and I, I love you, my sister. For and I'm ever grateful. If we never talk again, I'm forever grateful for you in my life for this particular thing. So I just want to say that. Um,
1: well, we're well, going to we gonna talk after much. this
2: show, and I love you more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to bring in. Um, we're going to bring on Brother Leon real quick, so that he can just say hello, and then we'll have Brother Noah come on so that he can um get started with this. We're we're about almost ten minutes in and I want y'all to hear what this man has to say. So Brother Leon, are you with us?
0: Uh yes I am and hello everyone.
2: <laughs> Listen, y'all, he is back and I am super excited to have my husband back on. He's gonna share a little bit a little later. And give his perspective of dealing with um infertility in our relationship and just his um what you know some of the feelings that I probably don't even know about and so I want to um come on later on. let me just um read something to you all because it's important for you to hear this about um my brother Noah that we're bringing on so Noah Paul, if you don't know him at all, he's definitely a husband, a father, he's a worship pastor. And one thing he says he is, and I love this part, kingdom creative. He currently is the host of the Latter Habits podcast, which presents faith-based habits to sustain our future blessings. Listen to that. Also, Noah has been immersed with worship and music since the age of seven. And he has served on many professional boards as a worship music coordinator. Many people in the Tucson area know him for that. He and his wife have and continue to face the challenges of infertility but are thankful to the Lord for the creative ways he has established them as a family. He is a native of Arizona but currently resides in Gardnerville, Nevada, with his beautiful wife, Jennifer. Hey, Jen, haven't seen you in a while. And children, listen to this. Their children, Joseph, Cyrus, I believe it's Amira, and Marita, if you can correct me on that. No, I should have got the pick. Should have got that beforehand. So I want you all to welcome um, Brother Noah Paul on the line as he comes to greet you all, first of all, and then we'll let him take it away. Hey there, Noah.
1: Hello, Danzia,
3: and hello, all of you that are listening. I am so excited, privileged, and honored uh, to be with you all tonight. Danzia, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to um, just come on tonight and just share share with you all.
2: Well, we're excited, and I'm going to tell you, Candace and I, really, really, really thank you for stepping up and doing this. It's such a blessing. <laughs> it really is. So I, you know what? We're just going to let you kind of take over and um, talk with us for a little while, and then we'll get into some discussion on tonight. Um, we'll probably have some questions for you and Leon so we can get a better understanding um, what how a man feels about the whole process of going to infertility.
3: Awesome. Well, praise God. And again, thank you uh again for the opportunity. I'm so glad uh that Brother Leon is on tonight because I think um the more men that can talk about it, the more freedom um men will experience uh in this area and other areas uh of of just Um, life in general and so I'm glad to have him on glad you ladies are on as well and glad all of you listeners are on tonight um, because I believe that God has something to say tonight um, specifically to to all of us um, about this topic and so I'm excited um, just to be to be in the number tonight amen so um, I'll I'll just kind of share my story and then share a little bit about kind of what God laid on my heart, Uh, but, uh, you know, kind of growing up, I grew, like uh, Dan has mentioned, I grew up in Tucson and native of Arizona and um, love the Wildcats and love everything about Arizona except for the heat. (laughs) But uh, I, um, you know, I grew up in in Arizona and, and, um, uh, and was privileged to grow up in a, in a, In a faith based home with my grandmother and my mother. And, um, majority of my, uh, church upbringing there while I was in Arizona was at a church called Grace Chapel. Now it's called Grace to the Nations. But, um, spent all my, all my days growing up there and, and just learning about the Lord. And, and, uh, from a, from an early age, um, I really, I really just had this, um, desire um to to show the love of God uh to to children um and you know those in young and I know you know being young you could you know I kind of say oh well how could you be want to do that when you were young and I'm like well you know it just it was something that God uh instilled in me I think from from very early on uh one of the main factors to that happening was uh, my grandmother, grandfather um, foster and fostered and adopted for decades for about three or four decades. Um, And my mother was their only natural child. And, um, and all my aunts and uncles on my mom's side are adopted. And so I was kind of, I was raised in that environment. And so, you know, you come to a place of, you know, really understanding the unconditional love of the Father, of Father God, and what that means, and and the importance of showing that to to all people, Um, and of course, especially in this case, uh, children um, that are, you know, going through um, that kind of a situation, and so it was instilled in me very young, Um, and so I um, kind of subsequently, I I got into children's ministry, um, you know serving in children's ministry in the church and I did that for years and years probably beyond uh, what some people thought I should but I just had this heart just to see kids um, kids learn about the Lord be affected by his love and so that just carried on into um, uh, and still does to the for all of my life it's just something that is um, a passion and desire uh, of mine, and so, um, you know, going from children's ministry, going into youth ministry, and just going through, you know, going in ministry and church, and, um, but always having those love for kids, and even into my, you know, as I started a uh, career and jobs, you know, I, I've done uh, daycares and um, school environments majority of my life, um, and so I just had that, had that in me for, for a long time, and so, um, you know, I knew, you know i just always along with that had that desire for my own children and um so my wife and i got married in uh in 2007 and um my mom kind of i <laughs> will never i'll never forget it my mom kind of had this conversation with me um very briefly uh before my wife and i got married and she said well you know because of the surgery you had when you were younger, it might be difficult for you to have children and she had it really it was kind of loose and uh uh nonchalant uh, and you know i when I was younger, I had a surgery I had to have surgery because my testicles didn't drop at the proper time and um and so they had to had to do surgery and and do and you know fix that and so my mom was reminding me of that before I got married. And so I didn't really think anything of it because I was like, well, you know, I've got this desire for kids and, you know, I was just having faith that God was going to move and do what he wanted to do. And, and, um, my wife and I got married. And so we obviously, uh, tried to have kids uh, of our own. I came in to, um, our marriage and we had a step, I had to have a stepson, um, But, you know, we really were wanting to have children of our own. And so, um, you know, we tried and tried and tried, and it just was not happening. And um, as many couples that struggle with, you know, infertility know, it it becomes a very painful um, process. And, um, you know, I'll never forget the nights just laying in bed with my wife and just tears rolling down both of our faces because we just didn't understand God. Why, 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 you know, we would just put on worship music. You know, that was all we could do. We couldn't pray. We couldn't, it was just, we would put on worship music and we would just sit there in bed and we would just cry and just say, God, we we don't you know. We were seeing all of our friends around us getting pregnant and we had such a desire for them. We had dreams about it. You know, I was having dreams of our kids. My wife was having dreams of our kids. My mom was having dreams of our kids and it just, it just was not happening. And, um, and so then of course, I obviously I start thinking about what my mom had said and about this surgery that had happened at a young age in my life. And, and it just began to really haunt me. Um and of course, the enemy jumped on that train, and you know began to whisper to me, you know about my inadequacies as a man. That you know I had all these great. I, I was I was you know I was worship leading. I was doing all these things, but you know I was falling short uh, where it counted the most uh, as a man. And so the, the you know enemy was just using that to beat me up. And you know my wife has uh, issues as well, and so. But God, you know, the enemy was just really jumping on my back and just, you know, was really driving me into the ground, um, about it and, you know, kind of just going against everything that I felt up to this point that, you know, you're not going to have kids, you know, it was all, that was all, you know, rainbows and lollipop dreams that are never going to really come to fruition. And, um. And so it really began to take a toll uh, on me and begin to affect a lot of the other things I was believing God for. So it was like, okay, you know, I've got these this, these inadequacies physically as a man that I can't produce offspring. And even though God had spoken to me about my stepson, you know, when my wife and I got married about, you know, the spiritual inheritance and all that, it was like, okay, I'm never going to have the me, you know, I'm never going to be able to have my own, you know, seed uh, in the earth. And, um, and so if that's the case, if that can't happen then what, you know, what else can't happen. And so, you know, my mind started going in that direction, um, in some other, uh, in some other ways. And so, you know, it was, it was, it was a very, um, it still is, um, I mean, even now, just within the last several months, I mean, um, as Danzia said, we have children now and I'll get to that in a minute, but um, you know, we still, we're still struggle with infertility. Um, And, and we, we still to to this day, you know, wish that we were able to have um, you know, children of our own, but um, you know, it's the, the enemy just comes in for us guys. And I think uh, Leon would, would agree with me is that it's just, you know, it's that, you you're not enough you know you're not you're not you can't you can't um be enough you're not anything worth anything you know you may be this in your business you may be this at the boardroom you may be this on the job but but when at the end of the day when it's just you you know you're not you're not enough and um and i believe that that's you know that's it's a silent killer. I believe that the enemy uses that with men that struggle with infertility. That it's a silent killer. You know you don't you don't per se hear it out loud. You don't see it, but it's it's a it's a killer that that um, that is there um, if we allow it as men. So anyway, coming back to the story, um, and feel free, Danzie, to jump in, cut me off, to redirect me, whatever. I'm just kind of talking, but. Um so I love it you know my, my wife and I just um uh, kept trying and and um and in 2014 um we get a <laughs> we get a phone call now. It, and I know many of the listeners and and I know you guys as well uh Kenneth and and, and Danzie and Leon you guys are biblical numbers people and um and so 2014 so 7 years after my wife and I had been married, seven is a number uh, of uh, completion is a divine number. And um, and so we get a phone call um, from DC, DCS there in Arizona. And they said, we um, are looking at taking a child and uh, your name was on the list. <laughs> and uh, is that something you still want to do? And... Me and my wife, one number one, were floored. Um, two, we were just, we were, we were, we were, we, we, it was like a a, a ton of bricks at us just because it was this understanding that, yeah. no matter what, God knows what He's doing,
2: yeah,
3: and He's, and he's yeah. all he's always he's always working on our behalf, even in our pain, God is working, even in the tears, God is working. I know Rick Warren says, uh God never wastes a tear um and so you know he's working always on our behalf, no matter no matter what, no matter how painful it is, no matter how much of a struggle it is. God is working on our behalf and so um So we get this phone call Um, and we were just like, "Uh, okay, all right. Well, yeah, I mean, we're up for that. And so, um, so they said, well, we're not sure we'll give you guys a call back in a little while and we'll let you know. And we said, okay. And so later in the afternoon we get a phone call um, saying we're going to, we're doing this and we're going to be at your house in an hour. (laughs) Most parents have nine months to, you know, prepare for a baby. We had an hour. Uh, so we go home and my wife rushes home from work and I come home and, and, um, you know, kind of long story short, that was the beginning of uh, the process, the journey that we took um, of fostering and adopting, which has been one of the greatest journeys and joys uh, and pains <laughs> that, that my wife and I have experienced. Um, And so uh, we have three, you know, I said, we already have my stepson. Um, But we have three, we have three children that we fostered and adopted. We have Cyrus, who's five. And then we have our twin daughters, uh, who uh, Amira and Merida, uh, who are four years old. And, um, and so yeah, you know, we have a family (laughs) and we have children, yes, but, you know, we still struggle with infertility, you know, I I, yeah. I i will never have a child, you know, in this earth that is from my seed. Um you yeah. know, yes, spiritual inheritance and all that. Um and and, and 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 you know all of the the greater things that you know God can can do but but that's still there. Um and mm-hmm. and so and so you know it, it's a real it's been a real journey. Um and but at the same time God has really helped me uh to see it differently.
2: Yeah. I wanna I wanna touch on something you said which is important for a lot of people to understand and, and Candace you can jump in at any time too. Isn't it interesting that the enemy and including ourselves, we will use our issues and make them our issues and inadequacies as we see it and make them so much bigger than life. And we, right. then we can't see the greatest opportunities um, and get a greater understanding. And I'm telling you, it took me this year in, in in doing these broadcasts with Candace to understand I have a greater opportunity for something else. At my age, I, you know, I mean, I could be Sarah, but, I'm not really looking forward to that, but um at my age i'm not look, I wouldn't have any children biologically, you know anything possible, I get that, and I understand that, and I have faith in that, but there are so many more things that I can do now um that i made um I'm the one that's infertile and it it I made it bigger than life for me, and it caused me to to um, be something different in even my marriage, and my husband can talk about that a little bit, and even with people and even in my job and just, just ridiculous stuff in my thinking. And we make that so big that we can't really enjoy life. And so when you said that, it made me realize once again how Moses, when God told him to go, let my people go. He says, Lord, but I can't speak. I'm slow. I'm inadequate. And he says, I didn't ask you all that. And neither did God take it away. What he did was gave him some help. I I want you guys to get Mm -hmm. this. He gives us help. Mm -hmm. And many people don't like the fact that we go through the, um, like, infertility clinics and so forth and go through doctors. But that's one way of doing this. He says, I'm going to give you some help. And who was, I don't know, who was just telling me this? My brother, I believe, was just telling me this. And I think it was my brother. I'm not sure who said it. But he gives us help, and we don't even want to take that help because people are talking about you know things, and we, he gives us people like a Candace Ellerby in my life to help me understand. But girl, you're so much more than this. I get what you're saying, but you can get through this. You can, you know, all this stuff. He gives me a Leon mm-hmm. in my life to say, "Baby, it's okay. I have the children for you." You know, and we don't, and we focus mm-hmm. on our inadequacies, Moses, that we can't deliver all of these other people. I just had to say that. All right. If,
1: if I can know, all what's, uh, so- yeah.
0: If I could just uh, interject real quick, the um, the reason why, and and brother Noah, I do understand totally how the enemy can use um, our shortcomings and and hang them over our heads yeah. is because the Bible, we so we, we we're into the Word, and the Word said, "Be fruitful and multiply." So first thing we say, "Well, I'm not multiplying." Well, that's when the enemy comes in and say, "Okay, watch." You know, you're not doing what God said, do, you know, but it's what what He gives you to multiply. He gives you enough um, fatherly instinct to help some other child. Right, right. And that's what, that's, that's in this day and age, I think it's even more important than. Yes. It's, it's even more important because there's so many kids out there i i I thank God for my wife, you know she when I had my son out here um she a lot of stuff she did with him, you know mm-hmm. either I'm at work or I just didn't have the and all the sheets. she able she to get him break him down, talk to him, get him to open up, and I just telling her yesterday like about how he called me for advice, but when he never used to, and I think that's all geared because what she used to do to him. So whatever you have, whatever God has placed in you, that's 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 be passed down to to the children you have now. And as men, we have to understand that we we, we we're not inadequate. We're just um, I can't think of I think of the word. We're not. So we're not a total of uh, total inadequacy. In, in it's just one form of uh, I I just I guess something that just didn't that God wouldn't allow happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I totally get it. I just wanted to jump in real quick. <laughs>
2: Candice you have something? That's good babe. Yes. Let let me say this before uh, before I make my comment. Let me apologize to Brother Leon. I forgot to acknowledge him at the at the top of the hour when I was welcoming Noah on the call. I'm so glad to have both of you men on the call today to express to people who are listening how it feels from a man's perspective. As Noah was speaking, I the first scripture that came to my mind was Proverbs four and five when it says, "Get." wisdom. So get wisdom and get an understanding. Forget it not. So what that means is within all you're getting, get an understanding as to what's going on. And one thing that, I, that stepped out to me what Noah was saying is, at the end of the day, he has these beautiful uh, three children and a stepson. He has these beautiful four children that he is raising. But still, when he gets along with his thoughts, when everybody is asleep, when everybody is gone to work and school, and he's alone with his thoughts, he still desires emotionally, mentally, physically, his own seed. And that's what people don't understand when the inappropriateness comes in, when people say, well, why don't you adopt or why don't you foster or why don't you get a cell in? For some people, that's not enough. Now, it's easy for someone else to say it because you have your own children. So it's easy for them to say it, but for some people, it's it, it doesn't mean it negates the love that you have for the child that's in the home. But it also what it does is it gives you a insight to what would what would have been, what could have been, you know. Like I wonder if, or how come, or why not? And sometimes I think over the years it may dwindle, but that hope is still there. And I don't think people understand that. That hope is still there, but people don't understand it. And the people that don't understand it are people who don't go through. I think that there's a a girlfriend of mine told me this week that she was watching a um, judge show and one of the ladies on there was talking about how much she had accepted the fact that she didn't have children and she had you know, uh, mothered her nieces and her nephews, and she, and, you know, she was okay with it in her spirit and in her soul that she didn't have kids. And my girlfriend said she sat there and thought, I wish my friend would get there one day talking about me. And I told her, let me correct you, she feels that way today. She ain't going to feel that way tomorrow next week. Because the feeling right. comes and goes. It comes and goes. Some days you're like, okay, I'm good. And then some days you're like, oh, this is really aching. This hurts me so bad. Right. And then some days right. you're like, okay, cool, I'm good. Let me go to the mall. And then other days it keeps you in the house and it destitutes your soul. It, it it She feels that way today, but she may not feel that way next week. So I told her, I said, take what we say with a grain of salt. Take what we say with a grain of salt. Some people never get over it and they never get over that desire to the day they die. They never, and you know, it, it's, Interesting because I had a friend tell me, well, one day you, you will. One day you will. I said, but what happens if one day I may not? You have women who die every day who has never had a child and desire right. So what happens if I do not? So the the goal is to, you know, I think educate people and let them know that sometimes the pain doesn't leave just because we get older. Just because time goes, sometimes the pain doesn't leave. It may not be as big as it was 10, 12 years ago, but I think it's right. still there. But one of the questions that I have for Noah is, you said you got married in 2007 and it's now 2012. Did you, I mean 2019, I'm sorry, did you start trying to immediately have children with uh, in 2007 or did y'all wait before y'all start started to try? What was your age differences? What, what was the age group at the time you were trying to have a baby?
1: uh
3: so i believe uh, when i got married i was twenty three twenty four i think uh because mm-hmm. i'm i'm thirty i'm thirty six now so okay. um and then my wife is three years older than me so and, okay. and yeah and when we, when we got married I, we immediately started trying because um we mm-hmm. knew um you know we knew god was um calling um Calling us to um, to have more children and, and to be to be real and honest, we had we had courted for a year before that, so I was like, it's time to start trying uh, and trying real good, uh, if I can if I can just be honest. Uh, so right. uh, so yeah, so we so we started trying to immediately.
2: Did you all seek any um, infertility, infertility um, advice or seek any doctors or would you just?
3: We, we, we did. And I think that some, some people are in this same situation. You know, we, we sought mm-hmm. them out. And, you know, it's, it, when you start going that route, it gets, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the cost gets yeah. so gastronomical that you just are like, okay, I can't even begin. Um, uh-huh. You know, financially, to try to go down this uh-huh. road, and so that was that was our case. Is okay, we could go that route, um, but we financially, you know, wouldn't be able right. to to get to where we wanted to be. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we we sought doctors out, we sought advice. I mean, we had prayers, prayers, and anointing, and all that. Um, you know, along with it that. That was all in trying to trying to to uh, help us conceive naturally. But could um, you? Oh, go ahead.
2: No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, could you delve a little bit into what I was stating about you know your beautiful children, but then deep down inside you were stating that you still have the desire to want want a seat of your own, something that has your DNA.
3: Yeah um
2: i mean that that
3: you know that i think is always like you said Candice, i think that's something that the people that that struggle with infertility they 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 almost always are going to have i don't think mm-hmm. it ever i don't think it ever goes away um me personally i mean some people and they and they go away and they be, may be content mm-hmm. but i don't think like you said, when, when you're behind closed doors and it's just you and your thoughts, um, that I think that desire is always there because that was that was it was a mandate, you know, a holy mandate mm-hmm. to be fruitful, like like Leon uh, alluded to, you know, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. But but what I what I want to say and, and it speaks to what what you um, have said, but also speaks to what Leon had said earlier about you know the different ways God calls us to be um, fruitful. Uh, And what Danzia said about, um, you know, being a greater, greater things um, in our life Mm -hmm. is a verse, the verse out of Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, and it's the New King James Version. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved, and raised us together and made us sit together. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and that mm-hmm. last part of that mm-hmm. verse says, "God, so this is about this is talking about when we become believers of, of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, what what happens?" And and that last part of that verse is "He seats us in heavenly places." And so, what I have to understand as as a believer, as just a person, is that what, as when I come to knowledge of Christ and accept Him in my life, I now have the opportunity to have a different perspective on my life that I don't just look at it for, for what it is, that as the verse says, I'm seated in heavenly in places. So I can look at my life at, at a different angle. I can look at it from mm-hmm. behind in front the sides and I can see the, the different um, uh, shapes and the different, the different angles that my life could take. And so when, when you're talking about, you know, being um you know in those moments of of just feeling so um you know sad or or, or depressed mm-hmm. about not having your own seed you've gotta you've gotta allow the lord allow the holy Spirit to come and 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 remind you uh, of on, of the other other angles of your life that he's allowed you to be, yeah. multiple, to be super multiple. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this I, i've been I've been doing daycare. And I've been doing childcare for a long time and, and, and all while in this infertility process. And I have had multiple times where I have, God has allowed me to see and, and, Mm -hmm. and also I've had kids come back to me and, 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 and shown me that I have left an imprint on their life, that God has used me Mm -hmm. to be a father in their life, to be a brother, to be an uncle. You know, one of the, Mm -hmm. one of the, um, one of the opportunities I I, ha, I got to have was while I was in Tucson is I worked for the before and after school program on the military base, and a lot of military families are you know their the dads the fathers are you know get sent overseas for long periods of time, and so um, you know or end up in divorce unfortunately, and so God allowed me uh, uh, you know to be to to multiply what. The, the love the the grace, the mercy, the kindness that he's placed within me um, into these lives and and so but I wouldn't see that I wouldn't accept that I wouldn't I wouldn't allow myself to to to, to uh, fully embrace that if I wasn't um, seeing my life from that heavenly place, from that elevated place um, and and so you know I think it's really important that we we understand that when we're talking about you know the feelings that come with, with infertility, um, that we understand that we as believers, we can see our lives from a different angle. We don't have to just take mm-hmm. it for verbatim. We don't have to just take it by what the doctor says. We don't have to just take it That's by right. what we see. We, we can take a step back and say, no, 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 no. I am being fruitful, and I am multiplying in this yeah. area. I'm multiplying in That's this area. Gonna... That I'm, uh, you know, I'm taking yeah. kindness and yeah. love into a dark and yeah. dying world. I'm multiplying uh, in a different sense and we can combat yeah. the lies and the whispers of the enemy with that
2: truth. Oh, that's good. I love that. That is good. That is good. That is good. The
3: other, the other thing that and I'll just, I'll just share this and and and, and then whatever comes, comes I, is sharing my, my favorite, my, this is my life verse. I have this on, on, on some necklaces and just my wife knows this and everybody people close to me know this. My life verse is Philippians four eight, and in the New King James Version it says, "Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever things are good, report whatever there's, uh, if there is any virtue or if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things." And so mm-hmm. when when I when I when I look at this idea this this struggle of infertility, I, I have to. I have to look at kind of the 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 silver lining if you will or or again the 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 you know the different angle on it that that God would have. You know, I remember, you know, before God brought brought uh you know my my wife and I joke now, you know, when we had our first uh foster and we're fostering our our first son, uh, our second son rather, um we thought it was so hard, you know, <laughs> and we you know, we were looking at it from one angle, and we look at it now, now that we have twin daughters I, uh, uh, that are driving us up a wall, uh, we, we look at it now and we say, wow, you know, we thought it was hard then, you know, and mm-hmm. now it's, you know, it's, it's this whole, we've got to look at it from a different angle. And, and, the, and when we look at it from a different angle, we've got to focus on these things that Philippians lays out for us, what's true, what's noble, what's right. Okay, I may not have my own seed in the earth, but again, like we're saying, I have mm-hmm. been fruitful and I have multiplied um, the kingdom of God here in the earth. You know, I may not, you know, ever be able to look in a child's face and, and see my face, but, but I, I, I know that, that I can, can look throughout my life and see how God has used me in, in critical moments to speak life and encouragement um, to other children, um, and so we have to look at it from a different angle and look through it through that lens of, of Philippians four eight.
2: I love that because my favorite scripture because my scripture bounces off of my personality. I'm a type A personality, so most type A people are controlling. So my person my scripture speaks to my personality to calm my own spirit when I'm in situations. So it states. Uh, Philippians 4 and 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I have a tendency, and I still struggle with this to this day, to present my request to God, walk away, and pick it up the next morning. I'm still struggling with presenting it to God and letting it go and saying, okay, God, have your way. I'm going to step, step out so I can be blessed. And the anxious part of my personality is Trying to help God and and not be not not so much be His servant but be His helper. He don't need me to be His helpmate, but I keep thinking I can help Him out by giving Him right. like going to you know going to see doctors and trying you know grab grabbing a little check card and paying for this and I I find myself in the middle of the night opening my eyes and researching keto, researching paleo, researching intermittent fasting, see if that would help. And God is basically telling me, I don't need your help. You've done everything that you can do. It has not worked. Now sit down and let me do this. So I'm trying to learn how to get out of my way. And if I could just calm my anxiousness and sit back and just relax and let it be, things will probably go just as smooth. I might get a phone call one day and say, Hey, come pick this baby up. Like I you know I will never know what be because I'm always trying to work on his behalf and he's saying, I don't need your help. I've let you do all this by yourself. This is I don't need you, girl. I made you. I don't need your help. Now you sitting I'd have let you run around here for twelve years trying to figure this out until you got tired. Now you're tired. (laughs) Let me do this. And I i trying my best to let go and open my arms and be submissive to God. I'm trying to be submissive to God in that aspect. But I go to him, and I'm going to be very, very uh, open right now. It's hard for me sometimes to be submissive yeah. to God because I'm afraid of what may not be. I uh-huh. am afraid that at 43, seven years later, I'm childless. I'm afraid of what the outcome is. And I had a friend, yeah. my be- my best friend, since seventh grade, she told me one time, don't you get excited about what God is about to show you? Like, aren't you excited about the surprises he has? And I told her, absolutely not. I don't like surprises. I'm type A. I would like for him to come to me at the middle of the night and sit on the corner of my bed and say, Candace, it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. Then that way I know how to go, go ahead and move on. But that's not the type of God we serve. He's not going to come down and sit down and give you the answer that you like. He's not going to do things the way you, you designed the conversation to <laughs> go. He is not going to come down, people, and sit on the edge of your bed. He's not going to do it. So I keep thinking, maybe he's going to come tell me. No, and he has not. In 12 years, he has not said anything. He sat back and said, I'm waiting for you to sit down. So now the focus of my prayer. It's moving towards let thy will be done and give me peace on the result. Let thy will be mm-hmm. done and give me peace on the end result. That's my that's my prayer. But I'm afraid of the end result. I am. I am afraid of what may be. What do you say to that, wow. Noah? Leon, what do y'all say to that? Noah, go ahead on that one.
3: Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think that that's, I think that's it. I think Candace, you hit it on the head. We get we get too much in our way, you know, in God's way, that that we forget, you know, when we're talking about infertility, God is not trying to just create more children. He's trying to create kingdom legacy in the earth.
2: Wow. Um,
3: and so, oh so my we, goodness. We, so when we think now about say it from, again,
2: Noah, and say it again and say yeah. it slow. <laughs> say that, that, was, that again was the and Holy- say it slow.
1: <laughs>
3: so God is not just trying to create more children in the earth. He's trying to create kingdom legacy in the earth. And so that when we look at it from that point of view, it it kind of helps hmm. me settle. It's not so much about, oh, God, I have to get pregnant and I, or I, I've got to, you know, we've got to get pregnant. We've got to have – God is trying to create kingdom, a legacy through us as believers. And like, mm. again, already said, it's, that can take so many different forms. You see, I, and, yeah. you know, you said at the top, you know, I worship is my passion. I mean, I'm, that is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And I know that I have birthed some things. And Danzy, I'm mm. sure you can attest to this too—that I have birthed some things in worship that are Ooh. and all are creating kingdom legacy in the earth. So I am being mm. fruitful and multiplying in worship and creating kingdom legacy there. And yet, and right. yet, the enemy tries to trick me and say, "But did God really say?" Mm. So, so we have to, yeah. We, we have to, we have to get what helps us to settle. I believe Candice to address your, your, what you were saying. What helps us to settle, I believe, is to really take into consideration what God is really trying to do. Like He's, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. Really, what, what is He really trying to do? You know, and and, and take that yeah. into consideration. What is, he, what is He really trying to do in my life, personally? What is he yeah. really trying to do in my marriage? What is he really trying to do yeah. here yeah. and then? And let that be the backdrop. You know, yeah. I know I know that if I were to have all four of these kids that I have now have right at the top of our marriage, there would be some things that I, we, me and my wife wouldn't have been able to do. Um, there, there's some things that I would have been limited on. And so, yeah. God again, God knows what He's doing, and we have to we have to trust that. Yeah. We have to let go, and and, and, and I know it sounds cliche, you know, let go, let God, but God. Knows, but I'm telling, I, I well, mm-hmm. I'm sure all of you can attest to, God really does know what He's doing, and if we just take a minute and say, okay, God, I'm gonna sit my behind down and I'm going to let you do what you do best, mm-hmm. then we'll see it. We'll see it. And, again, focusing on those things. Okay, God, what's true? What's noble? What's right? All these things that Philippians lays out for us. And like you said, Candace, mm-hmm. which is a great verse to go along with it prior to that, not being anxious, just a prayer, giving it to him. We'll see, we'll see his hand working, and that will, will, will put us to rest completely. That's
2: powerful. And the reason I why I know what you're saying is true Yes, mm-hmm. honey, because I have had things happen in my life where I let go. God moves so quickly and swiftly. I got mad at myself and said, Man, if I let this go three years ago, this would have happened. And, and, oh, yeah. You know, I said, that if I had let this go three years ago, I could have been got rid of my manager. She had not have to stay here that long. But I'm telling you, you let, you let go. God would move so quickly and swiftly in your life that it scares you because you think, oh, really? And he shows up. He shows up and he shows out and he lets you know he is real. And I think about that, Noah, all the time I say to myself, this is not happening because we're not ready. Either we're not ready or something is going on in in our relationship, in our household to where God is saying, not yet, not now. Not now. This is not the time. This is not the time. That's powerful. Go ahead, David. I want to ask a question that has been of um, Brother Leon and Brother um, Noah. There is, um, there is something that I've talked about with different women, and this is kind of off topic but same, same topic. Is it true that men are not as open to adopting and fostering as women and if this is true, why why do you think this is the case? Besides, I know the seed and everything, but why aren't they as open if it is the case?
0: Uh, well, uh, I, I've I've been, I don't I don't know. It's hard to speak really for um, for every man because um, even though. It's that like this is they, they feel like it's not theirs, their own. That that that's that's if it was me, you know, I like I, I would love to adopt, mm-hmm. but then there's I would love to adopt, but then I would probably be kind of hesitant to adopt.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: that, um, a lot of people just think that maybe I just it's not it's not my my child. Yeah. I don't know. But Noah, what do you how do you feel?
3: Yeah, I mean I was gonna say the exact same thing, Brother Leon, is that you know, we I think what it makes us husband as men is that okay, I'm not it's not mine. So if it because it's not mine, how am I gonna be able to love it and care for it the way it needs to? And and I'll tell you what, and this is from first hand experience when God brings a child into your home that is not yours biologically. He does things in the supernatural realm that far exceed DNA. Um, You know, little things like my daughters. When I'm out in public, I I remember I I had my daughters in my hands and we were at church and this lady went off to me for about, a good five minutes about how much they look like me. And, Mm. and even with our son who is adopted, people have gone off to my wife about how much he looks like, looks like her. And if you look at baby pictures of him and our, and my stepson, you, you, they look exactly alike. And so God went, what people don't understand until you get into it particularly men is that God can do exceed the Bible says he does exceedingly above above right so God goes beyond what what the natural and he goes beyond DNA and he does something supernatural all three of my kids that are fostered and adopted I I love them I know I love them and care mm-hmm. for them like I would care if they were my actual biological children mm-hmm. um and so, you know, again, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tactic of the enemy, um, I believe, because reality is too, especially with men, it's like, okay, we are the priest of the home, we are the, the conduits of spiritual inheritance in the home. And so when, when you're talking about fostering and adopting, I mean, that right there is it's like, okay, number one, the fostering and adopting is such a, it's such a biblical or rather a physical example of what what God did with us right I mean he adopted us into his family so why would he why would why would he, why would he why would he want that displayed you know especially in the church um, come on you know, because now that's that's, that's that's too that's too tangible we like to go we like to go and play church but not be the church you see so so the, the reality is is that when, when, you're, when you're talking about fostering and adopting, God is, is bringing a child into the home for that man to be a spiritual inheritance conduit to that child. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that my children are taking on my spiritual inheritance. My daughters love music. They love to dance. And all three of my children have a sensitivity to worship that... I know God has placed, is, is, is imparting from me to them. And so wow. it, it's, 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 I believe the fear that, that men would have in adopting and fostering and adopting is an absolute tactic from the pit of hell. Because when men choose to step to the plate and say, I'm going to take in this child, I'm going to take in these children, and I'm going to love and care for them as my own, I believe that the gates of hell shake. Because that is the literal kingdom of God coming to earth in a tangible form
2: Woo. Noah that is blessing me it blessed me too because my husband is very open to adoption it's me that's hesitant I'm the one that don't want to participate and for Noah to say that and put that little pretty bow on top yeah, I, I might take that as a little present yeah That's that's nice. That was nicely wrapped. Well,
3: and again, again, like it's about kingdom legacy. It's not. It's not. It's when you look at it from that angle. It's about what what is God doing? What does God want to? How does God want to use me to enhance the kingdom in in the spheres around me in the in things that I'm you know my the hands that I'm I've put on you know I've got my hands on, and so. So the you know, my three children that I fostered and adopted, I know God specifically placed them in my home because they mm-hmm. are the they they are the exact um uh they they are the exact fit <clears throat> for the spiritual inheritance that God wants to pass from me to them. DNA doesn't have anything to do with it. No, and you know what?
2: I'm gonna bring. I want to bring on just what you said as a prime example of what what God did with us. And I'm going to bring on um, Elder Delgy Jones right now on the line who's listening, and I thank God for him listening. And I want him to just kind of explain something, how he sees fit, because I don't just announce this. So I want him to explain something. Are you on, Elder Delgy?
1: I am. Okay. Um
2: so, Brother Noah um, just talked about, really, the spirit of adoption and what God right. is doing with God, regarding building kingdom legacy, and so I just kind of right. want you to be a little transparent and share something about that in your own experience.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. First of all, I'll say good evening to everyone, my brother-in-love. Noah, thank you for sharing your heart, and uh uh, Reverend Morris, I forget who else is on the line with you tonight, but let me just share really quickly. Um, so uh, as Dancia said, we don't often advertise this, but many people uh, may not know that I was legally adopted by Odell Jones, our dad. And, um, and, and Noah, you quoted, the, I think you quoted the scripture Uh, by the spirit of adoption, we cry, Abba, Father. And I've read that for years. I read it for years. And it wasn't until uh, our dad went home to be with the Lord and I was sitting in the mortuary and, and, and I looked at him, his body in that casket. And I said, you know what? I was telling someone, I said, that man loved me enough to give me his name. And then that spirit, the, the, the word of God came alive that it is through the spirit of adoption we can cry, Daddy, Father, Daddy, Father. Because what Jesus Christ did, saints of God, he gave us, <laughs> he gave us God's name. Hallelujah. He gave us his name and he loved us enough to engraft yeah. us in. So I, I'm, I'm not the preacher of the hour. I'll get caught up if I keep going but I just want to let you know that God loved us enough to give us his name, and that's what Odell Jones did for me. God bless y'all.
2: I love it. Hey, Amen. That. that is my big brother, y'all. Um, there's just two of us left now, and um, out, of, out of four, technically five, my dad's oldest brother who we never got a chance to meet, but there's um, two of us left out of five kids, and when he told me that, it did something different for me and, mm-hmm. and, and how I saw my dad. Because mm-hmm. no, any man that can do that, no, I'm talking to you. Any man that can do that, to love a child enough to give them <laughs> his name, it does something for kids, especially later on in life. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you all, y'all, y'all mm-hmm. this was in, your I think, your 40s, Delgy, right, when you realized that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: and so they don't realize until later on in life. But it does something for a, a, a young man. It does something for a young lady to know that somebody loved me enough when maybe the biological didn't. But somebody th- that didn't know who I would be doesn't know my makeup, but knows me. Oh my goodness! And God knows us and knew how much we would be so messy that He still. I think that is so incredible, so incredible. All right, y'all go ahead on because uh, I thought that was amazing. Beyond. Yeah,
3: I mean, for me, you know, the the two times that we sat um, in court in a courthouse and 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 you know. Our kids took our last name, and it was such a joyous time. What God, in the midst of that, reminded me of is Noah. By 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 these children, not, and and we could get into a whole thing about adoption. We could do a whole other episode about adoption. But but what 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 happened? What God reminded me of is, is Noah. You are put. You are putting your foot down and you are drawing a line in the sand that this child belongs to you and is entitled to everything that I, Godfather, father, have given to you and doing through you. And no, and, and so it's, it's a huge, like, it, it, I mean, it, it's like you, you, when you do that, I mean, when we adopted our kids, we changed their names. Don't even get me started on that. We, we change our thing. You see the, the imprint I may be infertile, I may be infertile, but God has used my fatherly Christ influence in my children's lives and other children's lives to redirect and redefine who they are. Don't get me started in here. Jesus you better get
2: started. You
1: better get, started. Don't get
3: started in here. Don't get me started. We ain't we ain't got the time now, but but, but I, I may the the I, again the I may be physically infertile. We may be um, we may continue to struggle. We will continue to struggle with the, at times emotionally, mentally for the rest of our lives. But I cannot let that outweigh what God has, is, and will continue to do through my life. Through the the position of a father, through the position mm-hmm. of a leader, that I can still I may be infertile, but I will I I, I may be but I will continue to to be a father to children. I will continue mm-hmm. to be a be a father in worship. I will continue to be a father in different aspects of my life, despite the physical, you know inadequacy if if i can say that so but again we won't be able to see that unless we understand that we we have been elevated we're elevated we're seated in heavenly places and so i've got to Mm -hmm. look at my life differently and i've got to look at my struggles differently so that i can see the grip big picture of what god is trying to do
1: Mm
2: -hmm. oh promise you this is this is this is putting me into a whole different thing a whole different look at me this. too not that I won't me struggle. Too. not that I won't you know have some of those feelings at times but I'm going to tell you I'm going to make this outweigh all of that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. what you just said just the kingdom legacy got me but now you done you done started on a whole different Thing and as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I only got about three different sermons out of this, but I appreciate you knowing. <laughs> I do too. This I'm is like, amazing. What, 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 what did we just get into, Candace? Yes, this is awesome. It really is. So, I, I want to get ready to close because sometimes you can't keep everyone's attention as long, but this is so good. We have to be able to discuss this. And I want to go further, listen, you all that just came on. We were talking about infertility doesn't define me, um, and that's what the series has been on. This is the third part of that series, and it's called Man Up. It's a man's perspective on the struggles of infertility. And so I have my husband on. I want him just to talk just a little. It's a different path because he's not the one that um, is infertile. It's it's I um, when it comes to the natural but I just learned something different because I'm extremely fertile in the kingdom of God. I'm extremely mm, fertile. I yes, have a lot yes, of children yes. out there and, and, and yes. they call, they call me mama D even at work. They call me mama D. And so I realized I have been reproducing and multiplying for the last 27 yes. years and didn't even, yes, Woo! my goodness and didn't even realize Mm. it. A young lady told me today, she goes, oh, I know who you are. You're dancing. You did this, and you did that. And I said, what? (laughs) Mm -hmm. How do you know me? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get to your level. What did you just say, young lady? And you just opened my eyes to what she said. I thought it was more gossip. It wasn't that at all. It was admiration, Mm. and I was training her without even knowing I trained her. That's what God does in the Mm. kingdom of God. Candace hear me. He is he we have been reproducing (laughs) and building his kingdom this whole time. Lord Mm. have mercy. I'm telling you, I see this differently now. I see it differently now. And my mother told me but you know, that's my mama, so you know, hey, whatever. But (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's always going to build a child up. Y'all know what I'm talking about. they always going to build yeah. their children up. But this thing has now gone to what the seed that she planted in me and the seed that my yeah. husband planted in me has gone to a whole different level. I didn't get on to say that. What I got on to say is I want my husband to come so he can <laughs> kind of talk about real briefly what he has the struggle that he had in watching me go to this so that men can understand you're not in that alone and watching your spouse. hmm Mhm.
0: Okay. I <laughs> <laughs> I just wanna say it, it has been some real gems been dropped there today. And uh I but God bless you, Noah, for sharing your um your your, your journey. Um with our journey, it's a um, little, little different. As my wife said, I'm the one who have, has the children, and she wants one. She was Her desire is to have a child. The portion where it comes to where uh, as men, godly men, we have to man up, is not um, – is to be there to help our wives through this struggle as they as they going through it. Be able to speak godly a godly word to them, to pray with them, to let let them vent to you, and you sit there and you you take it and you absorb it, and then you go back in, you pray with her, so that that feeling will. It won't necessarily go away; it will subside, and we just we can't have we can't be the men where we get frustrated that is happening every single time when it happens, we can't get frustrated, we have to man up and stand there and be that covering for her um there was times I used to tell, I, I told her, I said, "Well, you know, you, you know, you want me to cover you. You can't put yourself in positions where you are un, away from the covering. So, and with with that being said, she can't, you know, uh, walk away from the shade, pretty much. Mm. You can't walk away from the shade. She, so now we we, we have this uh, our um, Little little niece that we take care of, and I'm here to help her with the child <laughs> and last night was a difficult night for her, but I can't get so I can't get frustrated with her when she's having a difficult right. night. I just right. have to be there and stand with her and help her and even though she, she i'm in the next room she could have easily called me to say, "I need help." But she stood there and when she came back she was like, I'm just having a hot time and by this time I'm I'm up ready for work. So I had to stand there and still embrace her and, and tell her, you know, you know, just let her let her get her feelings out. Because if her feelings and um are staying bottled in, that's just gonna make her implode on the inside. And so I had to let her get it out. And as a man you have to man up and let it bounce off of you. So this is just it's a little bit different when it comes to there's there's two sides, you know. So, you, brother Noah, you 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 shared your journey, but as a as as a man on the other side, when it's a female, as a man to man up, you have to stand there and support, hear, pray, cover, support, heal, hear. Pray, it is it's a continuous cycle. It goes on and on and no matter how many times she keeps going back, you still have to be there because as many times as we messed up in our Christian walk, God is always there yeah. and he's covering us. So as he covers us, we have to cover them. That's, good. That's all I have to say. I'm sorry. I appreciate you, dude.
2: <laughs> All right, and but do we have any final things that um, either one of you want to say?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I will just you know speak to the reality, kind of what Brother Leon just said is it's like you know when the, that's the other side of it is you know when you have when one struggles with the infertility um And the other one doesn't. There's the enemy tries to get in there and we kind of play play the blame game. Well, it's their fault.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And, you know, they, they didn't this and then and then and, you know get in there with the lies and the manipulation. And it's like we have we uh, we have to understand that that God has joined us um together with the spouse that we have for a for a kingdom reason you know, that, that, it, that, it, that God has a, a, a plan and a purpose for that marriage and, and whether or not kids, you know, biologically or come into play or not, God's purpose and plan for that marriage is still going to prevail. Um And yeah. and so there, we can't get caught up in, because I, 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 you know, I, I felt the same way, you know, kind of a little bit like what you, and you may have felt is you know, with my wife, and she had, you know, a son before, and it was just like, I felt like, oh man, you know, it's all on me, you know, it's my my fault, it's, you know, all that, but it's like, we can't, we can't get caught up in that, we have to allow God to, you know, as men, we have to, you know, part of what what Brother Leon said about man up is step to the plate, but also, again, like I said, we've got to man up, we got to come up from, from that, that, that worldly or, or, um, you know, whatever perspective, and we've got to come up into a heavenly kingdom perspective so that way we can see how God is really um, creatively and intentionally working um, through our lives.
2: I love that. I love that. Candace. You know, Noah and Brother Leon are the yin to my yang. Let me tell you something. This has been Amazing. (laughs) Yes. This has been amazing because i never looked at it from this standpoint because you stand back as an individual going through infertility and you think to yourself, I feel sorry for myself. You you do. You feel sorry for yourself and you get so hung up. What's not happening? And one of my good friends told me one time, put things into perspective. And, and Noah kind of replayed that when he says, look at all the things that you are being fruitful and multiplied and you are doing great in. Don't just focus on this one thing that's not happening for you. Look at everything in your realm that's happening. You, you know, you have a great work life. You have a great family. You, you know, you got a couple of dollars in the bank. You, you know, you were able to pay your bills on time. Look at things. And you know you were able to give your niece advice, give your nephew advice. You know you you have your godchildren calling you, asking you what to do. It's not always about you. Get out of your feelings. It's not always about you, and it's not the end of the world because this one particular thing in your life did not go your way, or it's not going the way wow. you thought it should. And that's what I got from that. It, you know, it's more to life then you just focus in on this one area that's not happening for you. And that's that's what kind of made me put things into perspective again and say, wow, that was powerful. Yeah, let me yeah, let me get out of my own way. Yeah, that's it. We just have to get out that. of our our own way. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'll tell you, I don't want this conversation to be over, like, for good. I do want to dive into this a little bit more um, on yet another episode. So, Brother Noah, um, I hope you haven't gotten everything out on this one because I would love to have you come back, and hopefully this will open up for some other men to come on and just share so that we can get a better understanding because – most people think that infertility just falls with women and that's mm-hmm. not the case. If a, there, mm-hmm. if a couple doesn't have children, they, they, and Candace talked about this in the first episode, they automatically say, well, what's wrong with you? Talking about the female. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. You know, and we ain't going to just throw our husbands out like that or, you know, we're just we just gonna be like okay well I'll be mad I'm gonna be very honest with you I'm gonna be mad and say something sassy that but y'all pray for me I'll probably <laughs> that's the first thing I do you know now uh-huh. I'll probably see it just a little bit differently because I'm 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 starting to well today I'm starting to really grasp this whole thing of the kingdom. This is so yeah. powerful, and so yeah. it's a life changer for me. I'm telling you, Noah, you don't understand, and that's why Candace kept saying it's so important to have the men come on. We didn't expect this one, though. No, we didn't expect no. this life changing discussion, Mm-mm. and just to hear feel that like a man he yes. go ahead, girl. I feel like Noah's trying to take my job. Like I don't know what's going on right here.
3: <laughs> he no, ma'am. No, oh, ma'am. No, ma'am.
2: No. I, no, he I he got a decrease,
3: no. so he could increase. <laughs> no,
2: he did came on here and he didn't showed out. Now, one of the things that <laughs> stuck out to me that he said, damn he said, I adopted these three children and I changed their name. Come on, and, girl. And that, yes, he did. That spoke to my heart because he was basically saying, I changed the narrative of how their lives were going to be. Whatever Absolutely. Was possible, that was null and void. I'm changing the narrative of how they're going to be once they step into my household. And I think that is say? my fear is I don't know what I'm getting when I adopt a child. But he's saying you don't, but you can change that. You can change right. that change their name, and change their narrative because they're coming into your home, so they're going to have something completely different than what they started off with. I love it. That spoke to I my spirit. It. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And here's the other yeah. part of that, and I don't want mm. people to miss this because it took me a while to get this with my husband. If if you're a woman out there, you're married, mm. and you're struggling with infertility in your marriage, and you know mm-hmm. it's you and not him, allow him mm-hmm. to cover you. I, I said, allow him Ooh. to cover you. Mm-hmm. Allow him, him to cover you because in that covering, it breaks off. And let me tell you about a covering, what it does. What 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 is sent to you when rain, hail, the wind, it'll break that stuff up and won't hit you as hard. Woo. I know I'm talking right now on oh, that are? one. Yeah. Let me tell y'all something. An umbrella can do something for you as a small, mm. but this kind of covering, it'll break that stuff up that even it takes a hit before it even mm. gets to you. Woo! So allow. Oh my goodness, honey, you just left me with that. I saw something different today too. Yeah. And what I heard in that, what I heard in that is couples, to the woman, mm. if it's not you and it's your husband, cover him. That's right. That's right. Cover him. That's yep. right. I love it. I love it. Okay, y'all. This is the Kingdom Authority Broadcast. K K A B with and Jones Morris. I am so elated to have this one, and this is in history. What you think, Kansas? I love it.
1: Yeah, I, I do we too. We can do
2: this again. We should do this again and We're to do this again. I love it. Brother oh Leon, moon. Brother Noah, are you able to do this again? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Brother, okay, wonderful. We got the okay from them. Listen, if there's any men out there and you're um, hearing this, um, I hope it blessed you, first of all. Secondly, I pray that you go ahead. Um, let me tell you, Candace and I can tell you, if you discuss it, if you talk about it, you put it out there yeah. and you face it, yeah. I, I promise you healing starts, the healing process starts. The healing process begins or it continues, and you are going to be freer to share. And not only that, but you'll be freer to open mm-hmm. up and to share with others so that you can help with the kingdom legacy. I'm telling you now, this blessed me in a whole different way, and I'm not ashamed. And the enemy can't come against something that you face yourself. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, okay, I got to take another path now because they already know, but they they dealing with it and they dealing with it the right way and they understand. Oh no, God! Did you just open up an understanding for them? Another portal? You gonna open up that portal now? Now they gonna reproduce through your kingdom? Okay, let me. I gotta find something else. That's <laughs> true. Yes, oh, I hate the this devil. All right, all right. So I'm so glad. Thank you so much, you all, for joining the Kingdom Authority broadcast. We intend. To take authority in our territory and face the issues that are that are that are coming up in our life and that we've been dealing with that we have not dealt with. I want you all to make sure to join in on brother um, brother Noah's um, podcast as well. I, I, habits are something we need to be able to <laughs> understand and deal with. Ladder habits is his pod, podcast. Noah Paul N O A H Paul, P A U L. And we're going to come back again with this. Infertility does not define us. It does not define us. It is something that we have to deal with, but it doesn't define us. Don't look for us to be having this sign on our forehead saying infertility. No, baby. We're kingdom, kingdom, kings, and queens, and we're walking in authority. Thank you again mm-hmm. for joining KAB, Noah, Candace, my co host. Um, Leon Morris is also on, Reverend Leon Morris. Let me call him by who he is, even though he don't care about that stuff. Thank you so much. I thank you for Elder Gelgey for joining and just telling his testimony. I want you all to have a great night. God bless you until the next time. I can't wait. Next time is Pastor Demetrius Colbert who's coming on. And listen, he's going to bless you with this next word. Look for me on Facebook page. Dancia Jones-Morris to see more about what's coming up. Once again, have a great night. Thank you for joining KAD.
0: Nationally ranked academics and a 94% job placement rate are hallmarks of an Ohio Northern University education. Polar Preview Day is November 9th. Visit onu.edu for details.